Have you ever wondered what it takes to be a great boss? Well, you're not alone, and I'm here to help you find the answers. I'm Talmar Anderson, and welcome to Rock Your Bossitude. On this podcast, we will be diving headfirst into the people side of business, because I firmly believe that's where the magic happens. Each episode will feature candid interviews with fellow bosses who've gone from small business owners to thriving CEOs. Plus, I'll share actionable training to help you rock your own journey. Whether it's your first hire or you simply want to enhance your own boss skills, Rock Your Bossitude can act as your trusted compass. So are you ready to rock your bossitude? Yeah, you are. Welcome to Rock Your Bossitude, conversations with business owners turned CEO. I am Talmar Anderson, your host today, and boy, howdy, you better strap on your seatbelts because when Katie and I get going, we go fast, we go deep, and it is a lot of fun, everybody. Katie Nelson, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Ms. Anderson. I'm <laughs> thrilled to be here. I love it. I love it. So uh, I will tell you, uh, Katie is one of my best friends in the universe. So we're going to do our best to not go too far down uh, behind the scene jokes, and we'll explain them if we need to. But if you, if we said something you didn't follow, just follow up with us in the comments because we love talking about business words team, and just about anything else you can think of. Isn't that right, yeah. Katie? 100%. I was going to say bosses, money, yeah. Yeah. Uh, strategy. Like, what do you want? Yes. Humans. Ooh, yes, yes. All the good stuff. Crystals, right? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's crystals. Scary. Yeah, we, we were just talking about the new crystals on Katie's desk. It's very exciting. Nails, coffee. I mean, Kids, yeah, dogs, right? right? Yes, all the things. There's okay. not a, okay. Not so really again, a we're going to do our best <laughs> to stay on topic. But Katie, before we get started, I'd like to tell everybody a little about you. Is that okay? Please do. Excellent. Katie Nelson is the founder and CEO of Sales Uprising. She's a three-time business owner who has coached hundreds of entrepreneurs to playing smarter, better games in the big leagues. She is firmly committed to changing the current statistic that 90% of businesses do not meet their sales goals. She has developed the message, cash flow is oxygen, and made it her mission to bring the fun back into sales. Katie uses her dramatic style as a speaker, strategist, and business coach to encourage business owners that they too can make their revenue dreams happen. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thanks, Talmar. Happy to be here. I love it. I'm so excited to dig into this uh, very exciting topic. There's a lot of synergies here, and uh, we're going to do our best to keep this to 40 minutes or shorter, people. Let's see what we can do here. So, Katie, you know, we're here to talk about your boss experience, and you've got lots of different perspectives on that. Um, as you mentioned in your bio, you've had three businesses and, you know, a long career before that. So let's just start about telling me, tell me about the best boss you ever had. So, you know, I think about this a lot because you're a friend of mine. So I think about, so who really was my best boss? Like, and why were they my best boss? And could I call them my best boss? Uh, I think the, <laughs> the best boss I had, his name was Bill Gates. And no, not that one. Uh, 
Thank you. And he, before, so my coaching business is eight years old. And before I was in coaching, I was in professional services and IT staffing. Yeah. And my very job that I ever took in that space, uh, my boss, in essence, the guy who taught me everything I know about that industry is yes. Bill Gates. And he and I ended up uh, owning a company together for a little while, years, years wow. later. But yeah, but yeah. So I think it was Bill. He was just a great mentor. Um, and he was just very well versed in that space. He was He was awesome. And so what about his management style really stood out to you and the relationship that you developed? I understand you became business partners, but early on when he was a boss and he was inspiring you, mentoring you, how, how did he affect change for you or build that relationship? So recruiting is a lot about relationship, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and he's probably the person who instilled for the first time in my life, and I was like 30 when I took, maybe 28. I don't know. I was, was not young when I took got into that industry. And he was probably the first person who was like, it's okay. Humans are good. Relax. And I love humans, right? But when you're talking about getting people jobs and staffing, it's a very mm -hmm. interesting um, like life cycle of that. So he was just so knowledgeable. And he would always be the person who'd be like, breathe it'll work out. And that was the first time I've been in sales my whole life. You think people yeah. are telling me to breathe? They're like, no, go faster, get more, go harder. <laughs> you know? And I was like, Oh, I wonder if I insert some of this breathing that this man's talking about into my process, if that's going to work. And it worked great. Um, he'd been in the recruiting industry for 30 or 40 years at that point. <laughs> uh, and I just found his teaching style to be, it was easy for me how he taught. And don't get me wrong. It's not like he wasn't flawed. He was very frustrating at times. Um, sometimes I would think for no reason whatsoever, just because he was in a mood. Uh, so yeah. all, all bosses have quirks, but if you pay yeah. attention to them, you know how to work with them. So I just found yeah, well really easy to work with. And what I heard you say is he was human, right? And that's one of the things I really want the audience to to get. We're we're never going to be perfect. We're not even trying for perfect. It's understanding how to show up that is both encouraging and delivering the right tools to your team while also allowing some space to, you know, have a little transparency. We don't all have good days, right? And I, I would tell you that the majority of people need to understand you're not hiring your team for your best days. You're hiring your team for your worst days because that's when they're going to show up and they're going to do the job and you guys are going to get to celebrate at the end of it. So whether it's your worst yes. day or the company's worst days, right? Having a boss that you can get through that to your point quirks. It's not always fun for everybody. It's not always comfortable, but growth requires a little discomfort. Who you telling sister? <laughs> I might be telling the audience, but I appreciate oh, that you're yeah, along yeah. for the ride, my friend. I am. <laughs> right. You all need to know growth requires a little discomfort. She speaks the oh, truth. Oh, man. Bring it. Bring it. Seriously. And then, okay. So, so you've got this great breadth of knowledge behind you, but I I'd like to kind of step into sales uprising specifically because I feel like this business and your growth in this business has been very different because there's no business partners. You are it, right? You are right. Yes, that is very true. <laughs> I was well, to and set the you know, stage. 
Well, so I started Sales Uprising right after I had been in the staffing industry. So I cannot say this enough because we're talking about bossitude. So I worked with like no less than 50 people's bosses at any given point in time. I was a boss, right? So there was a lot of bossing going on in my previous experience. There was a lot of staff. There were a lot of contractors. There were a lot of things to manage. And so when I started Sales Uprising, I was really happy to say, and I never said never because you know, we don't say never. Uh, uh-huh. But at the time I was like, yay. And I have no one. It feels great. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy to have no one to boss except for myself. Um, it didn't last very long before I got my first 1099, but uh, I was, I ha- maybe I had a little PTSD from all the staffing. You know, I, I, you know, we hear that a lot. Like, I'm not even kidding. We have people that we t- see at either speaking gigs or our clients that come on and they are, sh- they're coming off of being shell shocked, right? Oh it's, yeah, yeah. You know, to your point, it's a PTSD. They, they had hired and had to fire or they'd had a really horrible experience being a boss type manager in someone else's company, or they had a real horrible experience being an employee with a bad boss type manager for their, you know, this is what a boss is. That was their definition. So I, I totally understand that shell shocked, but you, you talked about your 1099. So that sounds like your first hire. Why did you make your first hire? Um, so uh, bandwidth. I, I don't even think what? it was bandwidth. That might be a lie. Uh, oh, if I get- liar. Or a, a misspeaking. So I don't think it was bandwidth. <laughs> so for me, for me, I always was like, okay, so look, if you don't know how to do a thing in your business, I was never the business owner who felt like they needed to learn everything about how to run a business. I Love it. I am a business owner who's like, okay, if you don't know how to implement a thing or you don't have the technical know-how to do a thing, go sell a couple more deals and you can afford someone to do that. Love it. <laughs> so Yeah. That, that's, and, and that helps you grow faster. Let's be clear. I think so. Uh, some people would disagree. I, but it's worked so far. So the first time I hired someone, I think it was, I hired them on a 1099 basis to run some stuff. I didn't really have the wherewithal technical knowledge or interest in taking the time out of my business to learn how to do it and then move forward. And what was, do you remember what was that position or the responsibilities of that person generally not? Yeah, like, so what was generally, the thing that you didn't want to do? Uh, the first person I hired had probably had to do with social media. Oh, because yeah. I, good, that's a good one. Yeah. Right? Because I'm not, it wasn't required in any of my previous positions, particularly outside of LinkedIn. Yeah. The new business that I started wasn't in the target market at that time for that business wasn't LinkedIn. So I'm like, okay, now I have to be a business on Facebook. I have no idea how to do that. I can be yeah. an aunt on Facebook. I can be a best <laughs> yeah, yeah, Facebook, yeah, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah. I knew this social aspect. It's so funny uh, because people will talk about social selling. Yeah. And I had literally no idea how to do that. And yet I've sold my whole life. And I would tell you all of it was social, but social selling is a very specific thing for a business. So I had to go figure that out and get somebody to educate me and do it. And so so you had, you went out there and got that expert that could bring it in the processes for you, help you develop it and show up consistently so you didn't have to. Yep. Love it. Perfect. That's so good. So tell me, what do you wish you had known about being a boss before you got the title? What a weird way to think about that. 
for my brain. Not that it's not a great yeah, question. Yeah. Um, Most people go into being a business owner with a great idea of how to deliver for people and how to connect with their audience. And they don't really consciously make the decision. And now I will be hiring bookkeepers and social media right. and deliverable people and customer well, service. And, and that, that never didn't occur to me because based on my previous experience, right? So that makes sense. Okay, I think that's the fair. second hire that I had was my bookkeeper. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because I, one, had an amazing one that I'd worked with previously. Shout out to Chris Clover. Uh, but so I... I guess I probably didn't think about it. Or when I did think about it, all I thought was, I don't want to have whatever my previous experience was. So in the staffing industry, like I said, this life cycle is erratic. It looks really a lot like a heartbeat that's having a heart attack. If you're talking about a life cycle of those types of deals. And I really just didn't want that. I'm not about drama. I about people moving forward. So, uh, I didn't know I'd never seen that having been it, as an employee or as a co-owner of a company, I'd never seen a non-crazy sales life cycle. So how could <laughs> I provide? I literally look at everything in my business yeah. from this perspective, right? How can I make that as easy and as smooth as possible? Because if mm. that's easy and smooth, then everything else doesn't have to be an emergency. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. That sounds like setting expectations, but I'm just putting that okay. out there. Maybe. You know, we do like setting expectations. It works both in sales and in hiring. What? <laughs> Imagine that, you found that. that common thing that we could agree on. No, well, I appreciate you sharing right. that. And I, right. Well, I was just going to say, so you had said in the like setup that I, you know, in my intro, it talks about how every business transaction is a sales conversation. And I would say that hiring speaks to that wholeheartedly, right? Mm -hmm. Both for the interviewer or the boss, as well as the Mm -hmm. interviewee. So Mm -hmm. it's a sales job, people. No, and that's, and actually, you know, in our program, Bossification, when we are showing them about building the employment ad, we show them that that first paragraph is your sales paragraph. That's when you're trying to Get people to go, oh my gosh, that's the kind of company they are. I want to work for them so that we're uh, starting right then and there to qualify and attract the right people for your team. So yes, we use the sales word in our business too, Katie. I knew you'd like that. I do like it. You know, I like it. I know but you do. It really is just true. And then going through qualifications and setting expectations of what something's going to look like. Um, to make sure that it's a good match because at the end of the day, you don't want a customer that you don't want to work with and you don't want an employee you don't want to work with. I mean, it's really same, same. <laughs> it really truly is. I, and that's, it's so much fun. We can go so much deeper, but I want to get to all the good questions. So everybody hears your answers. So, so I'm going to ask you to be a little transparent. So on that day when things are not going perfectly and your team is not rocking all the fabulous tools you've given them to be successful, what's the self-talk that you use to kind of keep yourself going, get through the moments, maybe give them a kick in the pants, maybe get yourself to calm down and not be so upset or frustrated. What is your self-talk like? Um, so as you know, so I'll tell the audience, as you know, I'm big into celebrating every little thing. So mm-hmm. in sales, there's a lot of no's. There's a lot of places where like the process can end. So for every little yes, Absolutely. I'll meet with you. Oh, here's my business card. Yes. I'll be happy to talk, uh, talk to you more about what you do and what I do and all these things. So we celebrate every little step of the way. And it's very much like hiring when you have a lot of jobs on the board, you know, 
you get a lot of, no, my flat, my tire's flat. Sorry, I couldn't show up for that interview, whatever the case is. Yeah, you know, so, or just not showing. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. Or even just not showing, which, you know, which yeah, is yeah. not good yeah. either. Um, and so the practice of celebrating every yes really comes in handy when you're having a crap day because you can say, okay, so is this the majority of the data that you see in your business? Oh, no, look, the majority of the data in my business says my team kicks ass and I'm, I must not be too shabby as a boss because they're still here. Yeah, uh, they yeah. just told me two days ago how cool I am. So let's take <laughs> a deep breath. Maybe you step away for a minute. Let everybody get their head back on straight. The other thing is to say, how can I help you? I think one thing that we don't talk about a lot for bosses is how much we're also here to like keep the machine going and I can help. So do you yeah. need extra hands? Where can you plug me in? Where yes. did you accidentally get overwhelmed? Or what did I do like that we didn't know was going to tip the scales, but turns out it tipped the scales, you know, yes. um, especially in, in smaller businesses and micro businesses, because so much of it is a consistent learning curve until you get to your consistent five mil, 10 mil, 15 mil. Yeah. Well, and, and, and then let's talk about, so, you know, the consistency in getting to your five mil, 10 mil, if that's where you're going with your business is that your team's going to change and the way you show up as a boss is going to change in those perspectives. But to your point, the best thing to do in those moments where your team is not hitting your mark if you need to step away, that is a brilliant one. I love that. And then come back to it and ask them what they need to, to hit that mark, right? Did they need clearer communications? Did they need more time? Did they, you know, what is it they need from you? Do they need a new red swing line stapler? If that's it, get on Amazon and get that over there, right? Or wherever you like to order from. And <laughs> uh, get that over to them immediately so they have that tool and then go backwards and look at your communication and how you can encourage them to get in front of you before the overwhelm, right? Right. And Absolutely. so, so the, the, the double dip there is be there, help them through it, but then go back to your process and your communication styling so you can continue to learn to be that kick-ass boss for them. So I love that. That's, um, I think we can all relate to those moments uh, of going in and showing up and it's reminding the team, the team is building your success. So I love that you and I align on that a hundred percent. So I will also say just really quickly, because what you said is don't forget bosses are human. Yeah. So for as much as the majority of my bosses have not been the best bosses. Uh, I would say people would agree with that. Right. Even though I've had some amazing experiences with some bosses, they haven't all been the best bosses from a mentorship. Like I feel like there's so much potential for mentorship and stuff like that now versus when maybe some of us were working earlier, like a couple yeah. decades ago. Um, with that being said, I did not give myself the same grace to allow myself to be human. <gasps> so which what? is such a weird thing. So on the converse of that, you think, and the, please note the boss I liked the most was also the most quirky and the most human. So I even said it out of my own face. And it just <laughs> occurred to me when you were like, so what would you have gone back and like told yourself as yeah. a boss? It's okay if I have a bad day too, right? Not oh, like a I raise everything to the ground, burn everything up. This is not a like call your people and tell them horrible things about themselves or their performance. It's just, you're allowed to have a bad day too. <laughs> I love that. And I do. And, and this idea of perfection, it's not real. 
like my whole business model is around showing up as a kick-ass boss and I'm still learning, right? I, I, right? I promise you, if you talk to my team who I'm grateful for every single day and I tell them as much, I promise you, they'll be like, yeah, she has her days because <laughs> I'm human. Well, doesn't? And right. Yeah. And, but to the point it, al- it allows them to actually step up when I'm, when I'm having a bad day, I actually am very transparent about it. I'm like, you guys, I apologize. I can't show up for this meeting right now the way you need me to. Or this other thing is going on. And I try to remove myself from the situation, just knowing myself that I need the space. I'm not going to handle things very well. And 90%, maybe more of the time, I'm getting texts offline, like on our chats, individually, direct conversation. My team is like, what can I do? How can I help? What? Because it doesn't matter whether I'm frustrated with business or frustrated with my personal life. The, the, the way we try to support each other is how do I show up for you? And some days it's just giving me space uh, to take my bad behavior somewhere else. <laughs> Because I'm get human, I get sleep, right? So it, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. doesn't always have to be about to be. I mean, it doesn't always have to be a big thing. Sometimes you just yeah. slept bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And sleep is a big one. I get you, sister. But so I love that idea that you can be human. You can have bad days, but it's in how we expect our team to show up to support that or not. Right? I often tend to allow them to. Hey, you guys, let's just ha- not have this meeting. Here's space. Continue working on what you got. I'm going to go over here for a minute. Um, but it's okay. It's, well, and it's, so it goes back the next to setting, going. Yes. Goes back to setting expectations, right? Yeah. So just to let you know, this is what it feels like when I'm having a bad day. How do you feel you would react to that as, a, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Role? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Right. You know, and people even ask that, like, how do I interview that? Like the best example is for a lot of people, I would be a horrible boss. I, I know you're gonna be surprised, Kitty. I talk too quickly. Do you, can you believe that? I do. I know. Shocking. I'll be honest. I've never noticed. (laughs) because <laughs> you can keep up my sister. However, there are plenty of employees that would not like that. They want to slow it down. They want to be, have more space and time. And so you have to know where your quirks, as you say, are so that when you're interviewing teams, you ask them, how do you respond when somebody's giving you instruction too quickly? Right. That's just an easy interview question for us to throw in for any part of our team, because it's guaranteed at some point I'm going to speak too quickly. This is slow Talmar. This is pretty much as slow as Talmar gets. And so knowing yourself and your quirks allows you to get in front of it. I agree with you a thousand percent. Thank you for sharing that, Miss Katie. One thousand percent. And of course, so now, I interrupted some question you were going to ask. So go I ahead. Know. It's, okay, it's okay, girl. What do I care? It's all good conversation. It's helping our audience better understand that it doesn't have to be hard, that we can get through this and it actually gets more fun. Um, so tell me, what is the what is your favorite interview question? Let's go to that. Because you, speaking again, let me remind you, audience, staffing means interviewing incessantly, like all the time and setting people up to interview. And it's a lot of interview going on. So this is going to be an interesting answer. There, Well, so this, you're not going to like it. There's more when than one you, answer. There is more than one answer. <laughs> and, the, you know, part of that has to do with when you are in a constant state of hiring, you really hone your human skills, right? Yeah. So yeah. everybody is going to have. If you are paying attention and using your emotional intelligence, which we all have, right? You have your emotional IQ. You are a social being. You have, in fact, been living your entire life. I know. Just think about that for a minute, people. You have been living and you have been living with other humans. So, uh, 
that question varies for me. I do like to say, how do you like to be approached in moments of conflict or downtime? Oh, I like it. So when you personally, as an employee are feeling not at your best, what's the best way for me to support you as a boss? Uh, because yeah. I need to know that to know if I even have that capability. Like I'd like no, to think man. that I do. That's great. But what if I, what if I don't, what if that's not my strong suit? You know, yep. I don't know if you know this, Talmar, but I am pretty energetic. So what? if you are the, t- <laughs> so if you're the type of person who's like, yeah, I just like things to be even keel that I'm probably not for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I literally wake up in the morning, like it's a big damn deal. <laughs> yeah. There's not a whole lot of chill with me. Uh, And I get that. that. Um, So I like to know how people like to be approached in in moments of downtime. I also like to know what they do for fun. Mm. Uh, So, and what this communicates to me, right? So I like a myriad of different things. And then at certain times, I only like to do one thing, which is either, you know, read a book. Like I I get through periods of years where all I'm doing is reading books because I just love to. But right now I'm in the middle of paint by number and I might pick up pickleball, right? So that doesn't include my cross stitching when I'm into it. But I like to know what people do on their side of their life to rest, relax, recuperate. Um, Because it just lets me know a little bit more about them. That's personal. And if we can find... You don't have to connect with everybody you employ on every level. Let's be very, very clear. We don't have to be best friends. It's probably, you know, unless you're um, savvy at hiring, it's probably not best to hire your best friend if you want yeah, to see no, best friends. I agree. Friends. I, agree. Uh, I, I know you do. I'm yeah, not yeah, the yeah, audience like, though, girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it you're seems right. like it's going to be really, really easy. And it's not. Because think about all of the things you know about your best friend that have the ability to over the course of your best friends, Margo and Zelensky, I'm calling you out. That's my best friend since I was 10. Hey, so, Margo. Yeah. You know, we've known each other for four decades. I know a lot about her. She knows a lot about me. If we put it all together, does it really mean we can work well together, even though mm. we choose to still love each other, hang out with each other and be best friends? I don't no. know. I love that. And, and, that, and that's the thing I remind people. When we're going to, let's be clear, when you're hiring a friend or a family member, it's because you're trying to shortcut that idea of how can I trust this individual? And, and while that's fine, if you trust your best friend, it's because you trust your best friend to help you bury bodies. Not literally people. I'm not saying we murder people. She's totally talking figuratively here. I, very like figuratively. What, like what happened in Vegas? Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. one Stay night at the bar, yeah, you know? Yeah. So your best friend is very trustworthy and that just seems like an easy thing, but you're putting that relationship into a whole new world. Are they good at being bossed around? Are they good at being told to do things that they might not agree with? And will they follow through with that? And, and how will that affect your relationship? So that's all we're saying. That's a bigger discussion for a different day, but, but I do love that idea of making sure that you're looking for someone that's fun and not your friend. Yes. Right. They understand yeah. that they have something outside of business going on that makes them feel like they have a full life is what I heard you say. Absolutely. And then my third favorite question is give me an example of something that was very, very different than how you perceived it to be. And so, which Ooh, oh, sexy, that's a great one. Well, and it confuses a lot of people. So I'm always happy to explain it. Right. But yeah. I know. So for example, I've been in sales my whole life and 
Without fail, every boss has ever asked me like, so what sports were you in? Right? Uh, Because there's this connotation, uh, stereotypical connotation that if you are in sports, you're a competitive person. And if you're a competitive person, that what you're really going to be good at is sales. As a salesperson for my whole life, I find this to be a false equation. (laughs) Right. So I want to know what people either were taught or thought that turned out to be different than they perceived it to be and have maybe a little conversation on what they did afterwards. I love this. I love this. You know, uh, it's funny, the sports one, more often than not, the reason people tell me they love that question is because it will show that they can work on a team if they say a team sport, right? But it, it's you've got that sales bent and you're used to hiring salespeople. So you're like, we're looking to skew towards sales side. So that's why they went for the competitive. Interesting. I love, I love hearing all the answers uh, of interview questions you like and do not like. Yes. <laughs> And, do and I, like I do love the working on a team part. Yeah. I would probably skew towards. So when you were in school and had to work on team projects, who yeah. were you on that team? Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Because let's be clear. Not everybody's sporty. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But some people are and that can. Yes, and that's okay too. It. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I love, I do love all that. I got to tell you still the first one you listed the, you know, how do you like to be approached when during times of conflict or uh, downtime? I think that's so critical. The The main thing I try to remind my clients and of course the audience out here is when you're interviewing, you are talking about how you're going to manage them, right? It's not just, can they deliver results? It's how is this relationship, me as a boss, them as an employee, how is this going to work? And to Katie's brilliant point, we can decide this person's going to need a lot. You know, I've heard this from some clients. This person's going to need a lot of attaboys. And I don't think I have the energy to constantly be in front of them telling them, good job, good job, good job. I think I need somebody with a little more self-assurance. And I was like, okay, that's a great awareness, right? And so I just think that's a really, that of, of your three, that's my favorite. I was just going to share. Great question. Well, there you go. And, and of course, let's be clear. The other thing that I would give to your audience from a hiring perspective is have at least 10 ways to ask each question <laughs> oh, yeah, to get yeah. to the point, right? Uh, there are, humans are crazy. We're awesome yeah. and many layered. And so they may not understand that question. So you may have to phrase it in the form of, so the last time you were in a down place in your workplace, right? What did that look like for you? Or how did you show up? And what did you appreciate? Was there anything that you would have appreciated in that moment? So just think about all of the different ways you can communicate a question uh, to get to what you need as a, a potential boss of this person. Agreed. Agreed. Fantastic and brilliant. Thank you, Katie. So let's talk back to Sales Uprising again. What was the last role that you hired for, my friend? A marketing specialist, a W-2 marketing Ooh, specialist. Ooh, so strategy and, oh, W-2 and director. Oh, yeah, no, W-2. So I, oddly, outside of my vendors, bookkeepers, those types of things, mm-hmm. uh, I have W-2s. I don't have any 1099s anymore. That's uh, fantastic. Uh, thank you. Although there are pluses and minuses to, to both, let's be clear for the audience. This, yes. A W-2 is different not always what you need. Different. Yes. Yep, it yep. totally yes. depends on where you are in your business. Um, 
but yeah, no. So she's not a strategist. She is a hundred percent the copywriter, the marketing plugin, like all things marketing for facilitator. Event, back yeah, yes, yeah, she's a she facilitator. She does graphics, all of that. She specializes in sales uprising marketing materials. Of Fantastic. Every, 360 degrees around the circle. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, that she's your marketing coordinator. Fantastic. And that's, you know, again, in, you know, in coaching businesses like yours, so much of your team is going to be marketing, whether they're inside or outside and knowing when to bring it from a 1099 or a vendor into uh, internal is, is a big sticky wicket for a lot of people. So can I ask you what made you decide to make this role a direct report employee, as opposed to hiring a vendor or an independent contractor? So the management of vendors and independent contractors at a certain period of time of growth in your business is more output than I'm willing to give. Mm. If, that, if, if I can just be. Totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the vendor management to 90 or contractor management versus. And so again, pluses and minuses on both sides, pros and cons. Yeah. I am at a place in my life where having identified a potential person that I would want as my team, having worked with them as a 1099 and knowing their situation, what would work well for they, them and their family, along mm -hmm. with what I'm looking to grow from a goals perspective was more aligned than continuing to allow it to be a vendor relationship. Okay. So, All right. That's perfect. Yeah. I just know that that's something that is a stumbling block for people and and knowing when to bring somebody on directly to your team as a, can, may I ask, is it a full-time or a part-time position? It's a part-time W-2. So I have a full-time W-2 and I have a part-time W-2. Uh, I think, you know, what I've found you guys, especially if you're a smaller business, part of the questions that come up in our head have to do with what does it do for us on the back end? Like taxes, taxes are a big one. Like what does it mean to have a 1099 versus a W-2? So you know, I'm pretty sure you know somebody that can walk you through the strategy, depending on if you're an LLC or an S Corp, C Corp, B Corp. And from a business coaching and strategy perspective, I would say it all has to do with your, your, your annual goals and ultimately the goals of the business. If you're in a coaching space or a consulting space or, um, if you're a service-based business that is knowledge-based, right? So your product is knowledge-based. We hear a lot about the million-dollar company with one employee and what does that really look yeah. like? And let's be clear, that's not true. Uh, that's a great title of a book, but all of those people have staff. What they're not saying is that they're all contracted staff. Yeah, 100%. Right? 100%. So they're Vendors all 1099. Yep. Yep. Somebody um, is helping them with something. Yep. And then you need to educate yourself on the cost of vendors like the yeah i was in the business trust me like the, we're, we're not if you hired a full-time employee it will be less expensive in some ways more expensive in others and vice versa is also true so mm -hmm. i find that part of the confusion comes from what does this mean for my money what yep. what does this mean for my taxes so if where you're getting stuck is in the financial space. Talk to Talmar. She can clear it up for you. It's really not as Aww. difficult as we make it be. Uh, yeah. The only reason why it's complicated is because we don't know and we feel yeah. like we should because we own the joint. So uh -huh. yeah, just go get educated. Be willing to get help. Yeah. Right? Be willing to get help. And so, you know, that, that also talks to the idea of so many bosses feel like they have to have the answer and they get nervous about hiring up, right? Experts and expertise. And yet they'll go out and spend thousands 
tens of thousands on business coaches. And I mean this with all love, right? But make sure you're getting the person that can give you the answers, right? If revenues is something you're looking for, you're looking for sales uprising, right? Because they're the people that can help you understand where and how to really make that easy, as you said, easier and more profitable, right? She understands that. But so many people, when they're looking to even internally, you know, can I really hire somebody that's got more expertise than me? Yeah, yes. And in fact, I would tell you, hell yes. Go Do out. It. Not seriously, like go out and find your thought leaders that you love. And I promise you, find any one of them that was interviewed and asked, what do you wish you'd have done? Or what do you love about your team? The one thing they wish you'd have done sooner was hire faster, more quickly, bring team on. And second, they wish that they had found and experts that they're not spending money on any more team members that are as good as them or not as good as them. Everyone is better than them. Everyone is better than them. I only want around me. And that's to your point, you hired this marketing coordinator, right? I did. Absolutely. So the first hire I made was a coach, right? Um, And that had to do with bandwidth and they had to be absolutely as good or better than me. And they are. Um, Shout out to my HCIC, Kelly Peck. Um, the, The thing I would say about that is, yes, 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 and yes. Uh, <laughs> and it comes back down to where I think most people get it wrong is because they're working from a place of should, like I should do this, or mm. I've been told this. It really isn't that way. Even Tamar will give you, um, okay, so these are the recommended based on X growth and where you're looking mm-hmm. to go. This would be your recommended next hire. You I as the boss right. actually have to take a look at that and then decide critically is that really it? Or could it also look like this? So just like with our own health and well-being these days where we need to be our own advocate, experts will only get you so far in being the CEO of your own business. It still Mm -hmm. has to come from you. Tal can refer all day long, tell you why it's the perfect thing. And you still have to look at it critically and go, Yes, and nope, we're going a different way, right? Or, or, yes, well, and yeah. or what about this also? How yeah, does that yeah. work with this? Yes. So uh, I agree. Yeah. So my next hire, ooh, is going to be an EA, which I know you ooh, are. Oh, about. girl, well, makes me so, so happy. Yes. It's the right thing. It's it's it it's life changing. Is. Got, right? I've got yeah. I got two and a half. An EA is executive on my Say it again. I'm sorry. I, I said I got two and a half months before that. Like that person will be on my Perfect. payroll within two and a half months. I love that. And, and yes, EA we already started executive. the process. Yes. I love this. Uh, EA stands for executive assistant. Uh, sometimes they're called assistant to CEO. Um, sometimes they're called your chief of staff. <laughs> Just because it's yes. like a second in command. It's your, you know, your right hand. And so depending on how you structure your business, it, it's life-changing whenever you get it. But uh, if, if you have the right hire, let me be clear, boss actions, everybody. Uh, but when you have the right person come in that can really free up your time and it's all about creating space for the CEO, whoo doggy, it is huge and exciting. So congratulations on that too. Thanks. You're rocking it. So tell me with this team that you currently have and the ones that are coming on, I know, but think about who, what you have right now. Um, what do you love about being the boss? Providing the opportunity. Does mm. that make sense? So, the, like, no, it does. I love it. I love it. Like, my f- favorite part is being able to provide a space for my team to 
shine like the brightest star. That's my favorite part. Yeah, no, I I totally bask in that glow myself, right? Whenever we can, whenever people outside of me recognize how brilliant my team is, it just, it makes my heart heart all warm and gooey inside. And I'm like, yes, we're doing the right thing. So I love that. Me too. And then I'm glad. Lastly, but just as important, how do our listeners find you, Katie Nelson? Well, I'm everywhere, Telmar Anderson, except for on X, uh, because I really can only handle so many platforms at any given point in time. But you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, all under Sales Uprising. Fantastic. Sales Uprising everywhere. Uh, And if I think that we're going to have something in the show notes. If there's, will, anybody, right? yeah. if there's anybody yeah, yeah. in here that is looking for an amazing plugin for when you go out, this also works for hiring. So what I have is sale, uh, sales yeah. So, uh, it'll be in the show notes, but if you actually look at these sentences from a hiring perspective, it gets people super clear on who you are and what positions you have open in your company. So when you're out networking and you talk about an EA, right? Yeah. Plug in this formula and people will know exactly who you're talking about and potentially be able to give you referrals. Love that. That's exciting. Katie, thank you so much for that. I appreciate that and your time and your transparency. And we kept it to almost 40 minutes. Almost. (laughs) I know. Look at us rocking. I am so excited. Anytime I can spend time with you and more importantly, anytime the two of us can sit together and share so that business owners understand how much opportunity is out there. If you didn't, couldn't tell from listening, the thing Katie and I most have in common is we freaking love business. All we want is to make it easier for you, right? Sales uprising specializes in the sales side because cash is oxygen, people. And Boss Actions, we're here to help you build that team so it's fun and exciting and profitable and not overwhelming, right? It it can be really fun. The team, I know you guys are going to roll your eyes when I say, the team can be the best part of being a business owner. And I want you to experience that. So Katie, thanks for sharing so that our audience can better understand how they can step into that boss role. I want to remind all you listeners, please go out and visit and support Katie. She's amazing. Her company, her coaches, they're here to help you in many ways. Let us know if you had any ahas, drop it in the comments. I'd love to know what you guys are hearing and what's really resonating with you and what where you are feeling like you might need more reach out and tell us. We'd love to focus a show on exactly what you need because we believe that you can do this and it does not have to be so hard. Boss on. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. If this episode helped you, be sure to share it with a friend or another business owner that you think would benefit from listening to this podcast. Share this episode and any questions on social media with the hashtag rockyourbossitude.com podcast and let us know what you want us to be talking about. Until next time, remember, you've got what it takes to be an amazing boss. Boss on!